Hey, this is Mark Parrish here from Northland Vodka, and you are listening to the Soda Pod. And welcome into a midsummer edition of MNCAA. As uh, we're enjoying the sunshine here, your host, Nick Maxson, and joining me this week is Drew Cove. Uh, Drew is uh, about to head on vacation, as uh, us Midwesterners do during uh, these three months of the year. And uh, Drew, why don't you fill in the listeners where you're headed to in a couple of hours? I figured, you know, just last minute, I'd get some tickets to get to Vegas just to see the the Stanley Cup parade. So, no, no, I had we've had this plan for six months, so. Um, just happened to line up that uh, it's too bad, actually. I mean, you could have could have been there kind of like watching, you know, just like be in a sports book while like a Stanley Cup final. Because I think we I had been there before when I think a couple NBA finals were happening. I think Toronto back in the day, I was there for that. But it's, uh, that would have been pretty cool, especially with the local team in it. But I think game six, I would have been there, would have been in uh, Florida Thursday night. So um, either way, it would have been cool. But uh, I think we'll be out on the strip for the parade. So that should be pretty pretty entertaining never uh, seen anything like it obviously being from uh, being uh, in minnesota i've seen the links parade a couple times um but something down the strip uh it's a little different than university avenue for sure just a little bit and uh with how quickly the vegas market has quickly become a hockey hotbed i'm very curious uh the bells and whistles and all the stops i imagine no expense spared when it'll come to their first ever stanley cup parade again the golden knights uh essentially wiping the Florida Panthers on the floor with that 93 victory just a couple of nights ago for their first ever Stanley Cup win. Uh, Drew, you covered the Golden Gophers, and uh, let's just say a former golfer uh, now has his third Stanley Cup, first as a member of the Golden Knights, that previous to coming with Pittsburgh. Um, he had a kind of an interesting, shall we say, answer to a response, because let's just say that the Toronto media gave him a, a lot of grief for his time up there. And uh, essentially, Drew, did you catch that interview by chance? I did not, actually. You did not. Okay. So essentially, he was asked, you know, how does it feel to win a, a third cup? And his, essentially, his response was to the tune of, well, you guys never thought I'd get one kind of thing. So uh, kind of a direct shot at maybe some of the media mm-hmm. north of the uh, the U.S. border. But uh, Drew, again, the golfers, you know, continue to make news in, in hockey and, and again for Phil Castle. Only four playoff games, again, as we mentioned before, but now he's got his third ring. Uh, congratulations to Phil. And uh, yeah, uh, kind of a controversial story with him is, you know, he was sort of the Iron Man and they kind of kept him through the playoffs and then they didn't go back to him after the first round. Does this surprise you a bit? Um, not entirely. Kind of after seeing Vegas's depth, not to become a huge NHL podcast here while uh, on, on the off days for some of the other soda pod uh, folks. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, seeing some of the some of the depth that that Vegas has is just really overwhelming, especially when they pay so much money and so much draft capital for those big stars. It's amazing they can still find a way to really round out the roster. I mean, I think again, and bring it back to Toronto, they, they'd love to do exactly what Vegas is doing, swing for the fences and have that bottom six work. Um, and it turns out that the bottom six has been underwhelming and the top and the top guys that they overpay are underwhelming too. So um, worked out for Vegas though. Um, but yeah, I think if, you, if you're a Gopher fan solely watching for Gopher purposes or just good hockey, 
Um, you were definitely a little bit less intrigued once Vegas made it to the final, especially without Phil playing. And man, it was just kind of a, I wanted it to be a really good final. I mean, the, the Panthers were exciting. The the Knights were uh, obviously pretty exciting through the playoffs, but man, was, what a dud of a final. That really stinks, but it's uh, it just for, and especially the way it kind of capped off, you're like, oh, it's just ended. I just want to see the ceremony at this point. Like we, we get it, Mark Stone. We want you, you want the hat trick, but just let the clock keep going. We need running time in the, in the game five of the, of the Stanley cup final. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Because it just seemed like, I mean, Florida went through the gauntlet, right. Getting through Boston in seven games and then Toronto in five sweeping Carolina, but you got the sense that it took their toll. And as we saw, yeah, just either yesterday or even this morning, just some of the injury reports that are coming out, man, you know, had to think maybe that this, you know, couldn't stay as healthy as they wanted to. Again, E2 Luros to Renan, who was big and a top six role for never played in the final game. And of course, Matthew Kachuk to just uh, name a couple of important pieces uh, that mm-hmm. were playing through some pretty tough injuries. So, uh, but for Florida, again, four straight years in the playoffs, uh, a first cup final appearance and uh, uh, they're in their 30 years and hope to see him again. Uh, but let's go back to college hockey real quick, Drew, because we started with Phil because go for a news, right? And let's sort of cap this off a little bit, kind of a, in, a, in sort of a reminiscence type thing, right? Because when we were here when the Gophers had that disappointing finish uh, falling against Quinnipiac in the national championship game, questions as to what this team might look like, uh, rumors of players jutting off to maybe the pro contracts. And as we sit here June 15th, the picture for next year's golfer squad actually looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it looks amazingly clearer than it did when we kind of were speculating a while ago. Right. And that's not even that long ago. I mean, it was basically just two months ago, almost to the day when we were kind of talking about season over kind of surprise of it being over the way it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, they get, speaking of Phil Kessel, old gophers, uh, Jackson Nelson, Justin close, uh, Bryce Bradzinski, some old gophers coming back for another run, another kick at the can. And I think um, this will just be a really, I think a really good thing for the gophers, obviously. Um, the more experienced guys you have that come back that are integral parts, I think it's different if if they had a little bit less of a role, but obviously first and foremost, Justin Close being the guy the last couple of years, um, he's proven very invaluable to this team. And I, uh, I think with a uh, kind of lack of, of, not confidence, but lack of proof uh, of concept behind him that uh, that any of the guys, and I think Nathan Aries is going to be a really good goaltender in, in college hockey, but I you just wonder, I mean, you know, you got the known commodity or you got the unknown commodity and, and you do have a team that's built to win right now. Um, obviously in college, you can kind of keep that going and being the Gophers, you're kind of always perpetually in that state, but they've gotten so close. And I think fans, and I think even just some of the players in the team have got to feel really deflated if they don't get another another at least close very close chance um at at that trophy but uh jackson nelson obviously coming back is really important i think for their center depth and i think bryce bryce bradzinski um as long as he gets the puck and just rips it a bunch this year i think they'll be just fine and he'll be a very very important member of the team scoring a lot of goals but yeah they've got a lot of guys coming back obviously jimmy snuggerud coming back like we always knew and uh the big, the big name that we finally have uh, some, some clarity on, uh, Logan Cooley, he is coming back. He is not going to um, the, the the Houston uh, Houston NHL team. Soon to be Houston NHL yeah. team. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to trying to come up with a name on the spot, but I couldn't really think about it. But um, he's not going to the most uh, controversial team in, in the NHL. Um, so 
makes a lot of sense. I think he's going to have, he's going to have more fans watching him. He's going to have more accommodations. Um, he's going to play on a much better team. Um, he's going to thrive probably like individually on the ice a lot more than he would uh, playing at mullet uh, with a bunch of uh, underpaid uh, kind of role-playing guys that are looking for NHL contracts. And uh, I think this is good for his development. He'll get a lot bigger. He'll be a lot, he'll, he'll be re- NHL ready a lot faster um, after this year. Uh, assuming he leaves after this year, which it should be, I mean, for him, probably that should be the case. Um, but yeah, it should be, it's, there's a lot of guys coming back and it's just like last year, we said that it'll be, it'll be a really interesting way to go about it and to see, all right, this team is gonna, they're built to succeed and they made it to, we made it to the game that they, we thought they'd be in at the, at the start of the season, just didn't, the result didn't go the right way, but um, I think they could be back with this with this squad. I think they could be back, uh, very realistically, back in the Frozen Four. But uh, national championship game is uh, still is is in sights for twenty twenty four. Let's keep on the topic of Logan Cooley just for a moment, Drew, because uh, no question the failure of the Tempe Arena project uh, was part of that decision. Uh, he hasn't come out and addressed it directly. I know that he's been asked a lot of times, but it does at least appear in, in some of the back channels that we're hearing as well that, you know, he the, essentially was in communication with some of the players within the organization, uh, that being the Coyotes, and essentially said, no rush to sign, right? And you kind of wonder, Drew, going through Logan Cooley's head, you know, the longer that this process for Arizona as it currently stands if it doesn't get resolved I I know we touched on this maybe a a couple of months ago but is there a chance that if Arizona continues to not have shall we say a permanent future that's lined up that maybe he doesn't even sign with them at all Um, how important is it for the Coyotes organization to get something figured out not just for what they currently have, but also for a prized prospect that is Logan Cooley and making it very clear that they need to figure something out or else I'm staying here. Yeah, that could be really intriguing. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it is interesting to say that like, wow, a guy of his caliber and his talent could not maybe sign right away or sign with the team that drafted him. But yeah, he, he could spend enough time in, in the, in college hockey and decide, decide, you know what, I'm not let his rights expire and, and sign wherever he wants to sign. That would be, that would be pretty incredible. I think for a, a, someone of his talent, especially known right from about the draft. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think any other situation, I, I feel like we've, we've talked about this uh, as the MNCAA group before kind of off pod, but just it's, I, I would think a lot of, I mean, if he was drafted by maybe 25 of the other teams in the league, he might've already been gone. Um, a much better development situation, a much better support system around the guys that aren't just the NHL squad or kind of development type things. I, I think he had to have been somebody that was very uh, keen on who he was drafted to. And I, I, there's got to be some other, I mean, maybe if he was drafted by a team like the Minnesota Wild, maybe he takes, maybe he does jump to the AHL and try and, or jump to the NHL level. Or if there's a team that has a more obvious roster spot, obviously Arizona has a lot of obvious roster spots for him, but I think a worse team with a better, uh, a better stability of a, as a, of a franchise, I think that that's, it, it, the Wild got, or the Gophers got lucky that I think the, that Cooley was drafted to 
Arizona. And I think uh, it makes a lot of sense to uh, um, understand that uh, he's, he's got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of opportunities ahead um, with the Gophers for sure. And if he waits yet another year, uh, not only do the NHL salary cap is going to eventually rise, but also the Minnesota Wild might have more cap space. And then maybe a close former teammate, Brock Faber, puts in a good word. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Minnesota doesn't get that lucky. Uh, Drew, let's uh, let's wrap up uh, this quick little segment here with one kind of uh, interesting uh, topic that was brought up by uh, College Hockey News. And that's the uh, NIL. Uh, situation and essentially sort of a, a warning, right? That the NIL uh, money is essentially starting to, uh, shall we say, penetrate its way into college hockey. And that essentially the article's main point was they're concerned about essentially the parity in the league and that you're going to have the teams and he didn't maybe mention them specifically, but I would imagine that the Gophers, Michigan, some of the bigger ten big money schools probably would be involved in this, uh, would be sort of more insulated in this because, hey, they're going to attract the bigger names of talent. And then they're going to have these other companies that sponsor them. So they're going to get, uh, you know, all the sponsorship deals, going to get the money. So in other words, these smaller schools, and we have those here in the great state of Minnesota, those that we cover here on this podcast, uh, may be sort of stuck in the rut. Do you get that sense that that's where this is headed? And obviously with you covering the golfers, uh, that sort of benefits them to a degree, but should it? Yeah, it is a difficult, it's a difficult thing to think about because I do, I mean, I do think I agree with the assumption that it's going to hurt places like Bemidji more than it's going to, and it's going to help a place like Minnesota um, just because of, I, there's some corporate base there, but I mean, also, you got to think if, if these guys, if the deal is like, all right, you're getting deals with Chipotle, you're getting deals with like auto dealerships or something like that. Thankfully, every place has those. So you would think that maybe that it just depends on the willingness of a certain market to step up for some of those people. So you really never know. And I, I do wonder that if, if, if it could kind of just skew some things more and kind of make uh, the, have, the have nots have a lot less and the have a lot already have even more. And um, I do think it benefits the Gophers. I just think because there is an appetite in this town, uh, in Minneapolis, for sure, the the, the Gophers uh, kind of booster space to make sure that, all right, we've got, we've got a lot of resources here to make sure people want to stay and uh, can feel comfortable staying another year or to kind of, hey, make the push for the national championship. All right, rather than just all this stuff, we have a lot of push um, for some, some, I guess, uh, more, uh, just more money as well on top of that. Yeah. And I think for, for Gophers fans again, and with Bob Motzko at the helm, who already brings a, an impressive recruiting resume, um, in now, you know, as a prospective player, maybe, and you're, you know, this starts to actually, you know, play out the way that these folks think it will, um, uh, shall we say Gophers hockey uh, is going to be pretty set in stone for the for the very near future. Um, so uh, it's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. Uh, more so, again, for this Gopher hockey squad, again, with all these returning names, you know, do we see maybe a little bit of a step back too? And, and maybe I'll ask you this. Let's, let's close with this because the NIL question I know is still kind of arbitrary, but, you know, when you reach the frozen four, you reach the national championship game. The expectation for the fans is that's, that's the minimum bar, right? We've seen covering other teams like St. Cloud, like Mankato that, you know, 
I don't know if you want to call it that they didn't live up to the pressure or, you know, that it just, again, you have a target on your back, but it's even more difficult to stay at the top of the mountain. Do you expect the golfers mm-hmm. to take a step back, even though they do have a bunch of players that are returning? Yeah, I, I think the step back isn't that far. I do think they're going to make the tournament. I think they're going to, I think they have a, I, I, I don't know how to put odds on it yet or to put it like kind of a percent chance, but I do think it's a very realistic chance that they make the frozen four again. Um, because I think this team has learned a little bit more how to, how to persevere in those regional games in those really high leverage situations. Um, but it is going to be up to, I think the biggest question mark this year is how big the, the, the guys who were kind of in the middle of the lineup in the, in the decor this year, step up to be the guys. Um, so I think that's going to be really important to kind of see if, all right, if they're up to the challenge, they're going to make the frozen four and they could make the championship game. But if they're not, I think they make the tournament and maybe they bow out a little sooner, but uh, I don't think it's necessarily a huge step back. Um, Cause I think, especially with the way the team is constructed now, um, to me, it does seem like Frozen Four, or it's maybe not as successful as they wanted it to be again this year. Um, but I, by no means, do I think that um, a national championship should be expected, um, just because I think Matthew Nyes was such a, a transformational player, and the defense uh, that that left, uh, they were obviously, as Bob said multiple times, they were the best, the best uh, defensive core. They they kind of they anchored the top, the best defensive core he's seen in, in, in his in his whole coaching life. And I think it's the best defensive core the Gophers have had since their national championship games back in 2002 and 2003. So, it's it it'll be tough to follow that act, uh, to be completely honest. So I don't think it's necessarily a step back um, unexpectedly. Um, maybe it is just because of wow they got lucky that they had those three guys come back, but. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of similar area this year, but uh, I, I wouldn't be completely surprised if uh, if uh, they don't make the national championship game this year. Still uh, 60 to 90 days out from where uh, players will return to campus and start skating again. So we still have some time uh, to rest and relax. Uh, you, Bicer, have a flight to catch to Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, make sure, sure you have sports books uh, and definitely have fun at the Stanley Cup parade again happening on Las Vegas Boulevard. I believe Saturday night is when it's scheduled. Is yep. that right? Yeah. Saturday at 7 local time. Which is uh, smart, yeah, after the sun goes down in Vegas, because otherwise it'd just mm-hmm. be, uh, yeah, you'd be roasting uh, pretty bad. Yeah. So, Drew, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Have fun in Las Vegas, and thank you to all the thank listeners you. for tuning in to another episode here of MNCAA, part of the Soda Pod overall uh, hockey umbrella. We will see you back here again next week.